Now on WOC, the QC Current puts a focus on our beautiful bi-state riverfront destination. Presented by Visit Quad Cities, it's a weekly look at untold stories of the Quad Cities region and the history, people, events, and businesses that make this area unique. Here's the host of the QC Current, Hannah Ginder. Good morning, QC. I'm Hannah Ginder, and this is the QC Current, a radio show created by Visit Quad Cities with a focus on telling the untold stories of our bi-state, riverfront destination. From little-known history to new innovations to quirky personalities, this show brings you deeper into the Quad Cities and leaves you ready to explore it yourself. This is the Quad Cities, where we're always reaching, always growing, always genuine, and always current. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Chris Schlichting, a local Quad Cities stand-up comedian and host of the comedy series at the historic Renwick Mansion, Tom Foolery on Tremont. Thanks for being here, Chris. I am very excited. You got a great <laughs> voice for this, too. I feel like oh, my voice you. is kind of scratchy and <laughs> long day at the office of yelling at my students to behave and sit down and pay attention. So I forgive me if my voice is a little scratchy. <laughs> I will admit, I just learned that you're a speech teacher, and it made me a little more self-conscious reading my intro. So, oh, man. This guy knows <laughs> nope, what he's no doing. Ums He'll know. Ums. I was watching you the whole time. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just to dive in here, how did your career in comedy get started? <laughs> okay, let's see here. Well, uh, I guess when I was in high school, I played football. That was my thing. That was like my way to kind of get attention and stand out. It was like it was my bread and butter, if you will. And then when I got mm-hmm. to college, I didn't play football anymore, but I still wanted to stand out and find something to maybe get some attention or something. And that's when I kind of discovered my friends. It was kind of one of those things like, hey, there's a local amateur comedy contest at this Penguins Comedy Club in Cedar Rapids. Because I went to a small school in Mount Vernon called Cornell College. Mm -hmm. And so I came up with a a routine. Um, Sadly, it was mostly about my ex-girlfriend at the time. We had just (laughs) broken up, so I had a lot of uh, fuel, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And... I wrote like five minutes of comedy. I went to the comedy contest. I ended up winning, and I won a $25 gift certificate to Applebee's. And Ooh, first yeah. ever contest. Yes, I won. and I was hooked from then on, and I was like, this is kind of what I want to do. I was addicted to that feeling. And even the next weekend when I they invited me back to like perform mm-hmm. at a regular show, and even when I returned and did the exact same routine and nobody laughed, I was still like addicted to that feeling of why it worked and why it didn't work. You know, in retrospect, bringing the entire fifth floor of my college dorm was probably a good move for that contest. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so did you always know that you wanted to be a comedian or it really hadn't occurred till that time in college? I don't think I knew what it was, but I did know that I wanted to, uh, I like to make people laugh. I had, we talked a little bit about this before we recorded, but I kind of had a speech about him. I had trouble with my R's. I couldn't say my A's. It sounded like I was from New York and... So I had to do speech therapy and stuff. I don't know. I can't even explain to you why I talk like that. But So I was always self-conscious of that. I was always self-conscious of my weight. And so what I would do is I would kind of strike first, kind of like a Chris Farley approach where mm-hmm. you would kind of make fun of yourself and try to make other people laugh before they had the opportunity to sort of tease you. At least that was my mindset. And that's kind of my comedy style, too. I'm very self-deprecating. I'm not the kind of person that's going to poke fun of the audience or make fun of them. Uh, I tend to make fun of myself first. 
I just I've always felt that was safer. You know what I mean in terms of dealing with hecklers and stuff. Gotcha. And so how did you kind of develop your comedy skills? Is there some sort of training that you do or just trial and error? I Honestly, I'm a firm believer in trial, trial and error. You, you see these like comedy classes and they always get me so riled up because I don't think comedy is one of those things that you can learn by paying money and going to classes. I think comedy is one of those things where uh, you have to do it. You know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. to you have to get experience. You have to get reps. Uh, I also feel like watching comedy can be good for you to a degree, to a degree, because I have found that there were times where I was watching comics and then I would start to almost emulate them. (laughs) So you want to be careful with that. But I think comedy is one of those things that you can write, you can watch, and then you can perform. And you do that over and over again. Eventually, you're going to make some strides. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, so you first tried comedy in college, and now today you're the host of Tom Foolery on Tremont. What was <laughs> what happened between there? <laughs> well, it was um, so when I made the decision that I want to do comedy, it was only it was honestly just kind of a way to stand out. It was never about fame and fortune, although I've always welcomed it, uh, <laughs> and I'm still welcoming it if anybody wants to help with that. But um. For me, it was just fun. It was therapeutic in a way. You know, anytime something went wrong in my life, honestly, my first sort of reaction would be, this would be a good bit. And then I'd be upset about whatever happened. Uh, I can't tell how many times something tragic would happen in most people's eyes. And I'd be like, oh, I can write some material on this. It was kind of my way of dealing with it, whatever it may have been. But So comedy was something that I just was always dabbling in. When I was in college, I would go to the Penguins Comedy Club up there and sort of work. I'd work the soundboard. I'd work as host and just kind of surround yourself in that environment of comedians. Mm -hmm. And then when I came back home to the Quad Cities, we also had a Penguins Comedy Club here in town at the Freight House. And so I would work there and I would host. I would just kind of be there. And that's what comedy is kind of lingering about. And eventually... Somebody couldn't make a show. Somebody was sick, and the host, the excuse me, the booker turns around, and you're right there, <laughs> and he knows that you're loyal, and he knows that you know the comedy, and so you get a chance, and you just try to make do with it. And then I started to get paid for it, which was kind of which made me go into that professional territory. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? People always want to know how do you become a professional comic. I think the moment you start getting paid for it. And paid not with Applebee's gift cards. Yeah, not with Applebee's (laughs) gift card, which is framed in my room, by the way. I don't know if it's expired, but I've never been that desperate to, like, crack that baby open yet. But, uh, yeah, it's just when you get paid, and I'm talking any form of payment, like you just said, I think Mm -hmm. you're you're in the the realm of being a professional comic, especially as, you know, as a family man, as a married guy with kids, I can't drive to South Dakota anymore for, like, free drinks and five minutes of comedy, which... Sadly, I have done before <laughs> when I was a younger cat and didn't have any attachments. So, Gotcha. And then, oh, but I guess the roundabout way and with your question is Penguins didn't went away. So when mm-hmm. Penguins Comedy Club went away here, there was like nothing around here. And it was kind of, I was luckily at a point where I was doing gigs like outside of the Quad Cities, you know, mm-hmm. all over the Midwest. And then when I kind of came back and, like, settled down, and I still work all around the area and stuff, but there was no, like, home base, and that was kind of frustrating. Um, we, had, we had a great music scene. You know, the breweries were up and coming, all these restaurants, and I felt like the Quad Cities was growing. 
However, I just was really confused why there wasn't really a comedy scene in terms of stand-up. Now, we had comedy mm-hmm. sports, which is different. Mm-hmm. It's improv. People always say, oh, you should do comedy sports. I'm like, oh, it's improv. And no offense to those guys. Those guys have been really helpful to me, too. But there was no comedy club. Mm-hmm. And so that was really frustrating. There was there was open mics at bars and stuff. And then what happened was I was friends with Dane and Sarah Moulton, me and my, me and my wife were. And we were friends with them through teaching and our kids uh, hanging out and stuff. And they're always they, – uh, they buy businesses. They buy buildings. They – you know, Dane's also a landlord for apartment buildings. And he – bought the Renwick Mansion, which is a beautiful building. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do like wedding venues and it was just an incredible building and they were open to anything, whether it be music, whether it be weddings, graduation parties, you know, baby showers. And I suggested to them, you know, just to kind of help get up and going, let's try a comedy show. So we did a comedy show and I picked a really good headliner who was really hard to get and very like demanding and some say difficult to work with, but brilliant in his own mind, me. So <laughs> I was the first headliner at uh, Renwick Mansion and uh, the show went really well and it was supposed to be like kind of a one and done. Mm-hmm. But then we decided maybe we should just keep this going. So in the... In the 15 years I've been doing comedy, I've befriended a lot of people, a lot of comics that I felt were, first off, nice, like really nice people Mm -hmm. on stage and off stage, and then funny. Like in the business, you kind of meet a lot of people that are kind of arrogant, kind of jerks, and uh, I I tried to stay away from those guys because I just didn't want any bad energy, I guess, in the place. And so these are just friends that I've reached out to that... I've invited him to come back and headline and do the show. And then also we have like four or five guest sets for like local comics. So I'm still trying to build the local scene because there's no real place for these guys to perform. And I feel bad for them Mm -hmm. because there's just no place for them to develop. Like I said, writing, working and performing is a great way to become better. Gotcha. And so when did you get started with Tomfoolery on Tremont? So after that first show that I headlined, we decided that it was – it was something that we could continue to do. And there was, it was kind of a great feeling to do that show, but then afterward it was kind of a deflating feeling because we're kind of back to where we started. There's no comedy. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with uh, doing uh, a series, a, a bunch of shows. Now, it's always sporadic because we still got to do the – they still do the weddings and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how we did it's, it's on Tom. It's on Tremont Street. And I think we just got a, th- a thesaurus and just Googled words like for fun and like and tomfoolery came up and we're like, oh, we'll make it like a fun. So we called like the shows Tomfoolery on Tremont. I think we've regretted it ever since, but <laughs> we're already on 62, so we can't really like tweak it without, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, but man. We just thought it was cheesy, but it's called Tot. So like Tot, I don't know, that's kind of catchy. You know what I mean? And we, mm-hmm. we call all of our fans, the people that we have a lot of recurring people Recurring fans that come to multiple shows, we call them Totheads. So we kind of have like mm. a Grateful Dead kind of like mystique <laughs> <laughs> in our own minds. <laughs> and that's what's uh. important. But the one thing that's great about this venue is it's very unique for like comedy. It's really easy to book comedians because A, it's such a unique venue. B, the shows are so fun, laid back, and yet professional. And then the third thing that I don't know if I can tell you guys this, but uh, 
supposedly the Renwick Mansion is haunted. Yes. And <laughs> I don't know what it is about comedians, but we love that kind of stuff. I know I'm totally uh, infatuated with it. And there have been a couple of shows, Hannah, where we've seen some things or experienced some things that can't be explained. I don't know if there's a lot, a lot of energy from the laughter, but uh, I don't know. It was just – I mean, I remember I was on stage once and right before every, everybody's eyes, like I started to levitate. I'm just kidding. That but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like uh, we have seen some pretty cool stuff, whether it's like bottles falling off the stool, uh, the window shades, the window blinds like going up and down the old-fashioned wooden uh, blinds. What? And people after the show, we always encourage them to stick around and explore. We would do like ghost tours. And I would lead these ghost tours, and this would just be information that Dane and Sarah provided me from wedding guests or, you know, things that we picked up from other people. Mm-hmm. Not only do they rent it out to, like, weddings and stuff, ghost hunters? I guess there's, like, multiple ghost yeah, hunters across the there's some local the paranormal societies I love that it. explore. And they have been there, and they've explored a little bit, and they kind of tell Dane and Sarah what they experienced. They tell me I get really excited and I add it to the ghost tour with, you know, tweaks here and there and stuff. Um, But, yeah, I think comedians love that aspect. They love getting to spend the night there. A room for comics is huge. Like if you're traveling Mm -hmm. and to have a place to stay is really crucial for comedians. I know in my experience just a place to, like, get ready for a show Mm -hmm. and then decompress afterwards. I think a room is very important. So we provide a room for the comics. Um, me, Dane and Sarah and my wife, Emily, we're all involved. We don't really profit off of it. The only thing we profit off of is the fact that we're having a good time and mm-hmm. we get to do comedy. It goes all to the comics and that's really important to us. So we want that to be clear for the audience, the ticket prices, all that money goes to them, the traveling and stuff and all the advertising with the exception of today has been mostly through word of mouth on Facebook Mm-hmm. Uh, social media, and it's such a good feeling to reach out to a comic who I've never met, you know, via Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and say, "Hey, do you want to come do this Tom Fuller and Tremont at Dav- in Davenport, Iowa?" And they're like, "Oh, I've heard of the Mansion Show," and that to me, oh, that's awesome. That to me is super fulfilling because these are comics that you're just you're just happy that they're even returning an email. You know what I mean? Or uh-huh. a message. So for them to say that. It tells me that we're doing something right, even though we all call Tom Fullery on Tremont. <laughs> you can tell that I'm the one that didn't want that name, but too, it's maybe too late. rebranding to the Mansion Show or <laughs> yeah, something yeah. similar. <laughs> all right. So when you're searching for acts for your shows, I mean, you said a lot of them are friends. What are you looking for in the comedians that you bring in? Um, that's a good question. So I just, as as a comedian, I'm I'm a fan of a lot of different comics. I have kind of a a list in my head of who I want to try to get or at least reach out to. We try to, uh, you know, we try to have some diversity. I'll try to have comics all across the board, you know, um, just to kind of mix it up and stuff. And I also will take recommendations. I have a couple of good contacts from people that have been at the show, you know, that have headlined Mm -hmm. and then – I'll be like, okay, you're a Chicago comic. Can you let me know if there's any good Chicago comics that I should be looking out for? And the one thing I like about it is it's a pretty simple process in terms of like I'll get these comics that will like email me and they just want to be on the show. Ten minutes, five minutes, whatever. Mm -hmm. They'll email me and they'll email me their resume and – uh, like a video clip, and I'll just, like within like a minute, I'll just respond, sure, you're on the show. 
And it's just got to <laughs> be so rewarding because I just know that feeling of trying to get. And mm-hmm. because I'm just trying to kind of have an open door in terms of, yeah, if you want to be on the show, you can be on the show. Do a good job. Be respectful. Be nice to the mansion. Be nice to everyone here. And that's kind of all we ask for. So it's usually about mm-hmm. an average show is probably about six or seven comics. And they're all, I kind of try to get them from all across the board, whether they're like dirty comics, clean comics, female comics, you know, black comics, all across the board, just different people, just to kind of have a, a, a taste for everybody. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you didn't like the first comic, hang on, there's going to be a second comic, a third comic. And then I MC the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting reps, like I'm practicing. <laughs> uh, the one thing that's kind of fun is to all my tot heads that keep returning to the show. Uh, they know my jokes, so I'm constantly trying to have to get better and write more material because gotcha. there's no cheating, no cheating. So it's making me try to get more creative with my jokes. And we've almost developed sort of, I always tell people, like almost like a Rocky Horror Picture vibe because we have like weird organic things that have just come about. Just like when weird it, cloth. Yeah, we, yeah, we have like <laughs> when we get a new comic, for some reason, we scratch the air like a tiger and uh, I don't know why. <laughs> But it's just kind of stuck. And even when I don't do it, people still do it in the audience. And that's just kind of a cool feeling that mm-hmm. and that's the only thing we have. But ide- <laughs> ideally, I'd like people to throw bread on stage or toilet paper, just like a Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I just have to find ways to do that. But Well, you told at least our audience now yeah. there might be bread <laughs> yeah. or toilet paper later. I was going to show up with bread. And, <laughs> and just can, they can throw it at one point and that will be the tradition. <laughs> so you mentioned when you're booking people, it's a really easy – Sure, come on the show. Yeah, yeah. Is the comedy scene as a whole, is it more cutthroat or is everyone that relaxed? I think it's more cutthroat, honestly. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Like, headlining is a little bit different. I think there's a lot of people in the game that think they're ready to headline when, in fact, mm-hmm. they may not be. Doing a lot of time, like 30 minutes to an hour, can be challenging because are mm-hmm. all your jokes as strong as equally strong, you know what I mean? Can you maintain the crowd for that long? And a lot of people will tell you they can, but they can't. Like I've been doing it for 15 years and I consider myself a headliner, but I also know it's not easy. And so when I get these comics that I've been doing it for a couple of years and they want a headline, I'm just a little reluctant, you know what I mean? I would Mm -hmm. ask that they either come and do a guest set first, you know, come and like do 10 minutes, let me get a feel for you, let me see how you are. And most comics are totally cool with it. We've had a lot of comics. Rebecca Gibson comes to mind. She's a Chicago comic who came, was more than willing to just do a guest guest set. She killed it, like crushed it, really good. And so I invited her back to headline. So a lot of these people, for what it's worth, I'm giving them a a chance to headline, which Mm -hmm. is really cool for them. But at the same time, it's like, why wouldn't you headline? You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just, what I see is you are very talented at comedy and you should close out the show. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I try to get back. I by no means, you know, the big phrase that people hate is gatekeeping. You don't want to be a gatekeeper. So I try not to gotcha. tell people no. However, if I don't know you and I've never seen your comedy, I have a hard time saying, yeah, you can headline here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that means we have to build a show around you and I don't know you. Do you know what I mean? So that, mm-hmm. that's my only thing. And, I, I try to get back to the Quad City uh, comedy scene because they've been very great to me. You know, even like 
uh, all the comics have been really cool to me, especially when I had kids and I, I could go to a show, I would do my time and then I'd leave because I'd have to, you know, be multiple places. And mm-hmm. everybody was super cool with kind of giving back to me. And this is not something that I ever wanted to do, by the way. So mm-hmm. I always promised myself that when I got into comedy, I would never teach comedy because I'm a firm believer you can't teach comedy. You can help and give advice, but I, you can't teach it. And two, I never wanted to book comedy because I just wanted to worry about my comedy. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. And here I am doing this, and this is basically just because I love comedy so much. There wasn't really a lot of consistent comedy, so I just wanted to try to build something. And we're still going strong, even through the pandemic. Like, we you know, mm-hmm. obviously hit a roadblock. We had to shut down. We had so much momentum going into that. We, we shut it down. Then we built it back up. We did two shows instead of one because we're already at a pretty limited capacity mm-hmm. because it's essentially in a dining room and a living room. Yep. <laughs> just uh, And so we're already at limited capacity. And what we did is we just tried to, you know, assure people that we were following the protocol. Even with everything kind of opening back up, we were still following that. Ideally, we'd like to just go back to one show. It was really hard to get people out on a Sunday 9.30 show. Even mm-hmm. me, I, I knew I had to work the next day. So, um, And even though I will consistently take naps at work, it's still I want to be – can you cut that out, by the way, in case anybody else uh, – so it's just trying to get back to, to normal, some sense of normalcy. And the one thing that's great, too, is with the weather getting nicer, we are not opposed to doing outside shows. Ooh, We've done a couple that. of those, and those are great. The one thing about the outside shows is you have to sort of be aware that there are neighbors. Mm. And so you have to book a little bit cleaner in terms of comedy. (laughs) Uh, There have been a couple of concerts and uh, hip-hop groups and, like, rock groups that have said naughty words in between songs and neighbors complain. So you just got to kind of – we got to be careful of that and protect the integrity of the mansion. And I just can't say enough about Dane and Sarah because – they have they have the venue and they have just given the reins to me. Chris, we we trust you with comedy and mm-hmm. these guys absolutely love comedy. In fact, Dane is starting comedy. He's like doing comedy now mm-hmm. and it's just it's so precious to watch him <laughs> like do comedy and come talk to me after the show and we try to figure out jokes and stuff and yeah, the goal is to get Sarah and my wife up there. Well, maybe not my wife. That probably wouldn't be good for her comedy cuz <laughs> Lord knows she's probably got a lot of material, but Yeah, it's just something that I'm very proud of and hopefully something that we can continue to, you know, keep this keep this momentum and stuff. It's been very, very helpful to me in my comedy career. And like I said, especially with everything going on, it's so Mm -hmm. therapeutic. It's so nice just to get back on stage and just make strangers laugh and kind of continue to build that reputation. All right. So to wrap things up, what's coming up with Tom Foolery on Tremont? What's coming up with you? How can people get connected? So we're the way to connect with us is via like all social media, Facebook. So at Renwick Mansion, that's our tag. Uh, you can also do <laughs> at Tom Foolery on Tremont. Uh, that's the tag you can look us up. All the tickets are online. We try to try to have an idea of who's going to be there so we can adjust accordingly. I just booked two shows today, uh, comics that I was reaching out to. And so I'm excited about that. I'm still ironing out the details. The big one we're excited about is so Sam Talent is coming back. He'll be here. It's a Wednesday. It's April, I want to say, 15th. Is that a Wednesday? 
I don't know. Maybe. But he's coming back. <laughs> he's going to do two shows. He was here sort of during the pandemic. He did an outside show in the tent in the rain. It was beautiful. Uh, Sam Talent is one of the most underrated comics, in my opinion. He was just recently on the Mark Marin podcast because he wrote a book that all these comics love. So he's coming back. I am in the process of writing some new material because I'm just kind of mm-hmm. uh, tired of the same bits. Like I keep saying, oh, I had I had twins recently. They're 12. Maybe I could uh, <laughs> develop some new material about what they're doing now. So I'm in the process of writing some new material. And that's a great thing, uh, Hannah, real quick, about anytime I can't find a headliner, I'll do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I'll do it. That works. Uh, so you can look me up, too. I'm at Schlick Comedy, S-C-H-L-I-C-K Comedy. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. But just stay tuned for more shows. We got a lot of stuff cooking. Just being here now has got me all excited, and I just can't wait to try to get even better talent here at Tom Fooley Round Tremont. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up the way we always do on the QC Current. I'm going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions okay. about your favorite things to do to see to eat in the Quad Cities. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Applebee's. Oh, wait. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> favorite spot for dinner? I like exotic Thai or Tantra. I like Thai food. Ooh, yum. Favorite local cup of coffee? Local cup of coffee. Um... I know it's rapid fire. Coffee Revolution. Any co- Coffee Revolution. That's great. I like Coffee Revolution. Mm-hmm. Favorite place to grab a dessert or sweet treat? Mm-mm-mm. I got to go Whitey's, but I'm back on my diet. So Whitey's, I love you, but I got to take a break for a little bit. <laughs> All right. Your favorite Quad Cities brewery? Mm, I got to go Front Street. I like Front Street. You know, that's, that's the old one. location, too, of Penguins, too. So I, I oh, sit in there. Oh, there's history. And, yeah, there is. I sit in there and tell people. At the edge of the bar. I'm like, you know, this used to be my... I'm just a very creepy old man at the edge of the bar. But I like Front Street. <laughs> All right. Favorite way to spend a free Saturday afternoon in the Quad Cities? Hmm, I got to say Tom Fooley around Tremont. <laughs> Is that, I can't do that, can I? You can. Okay. I got to say, I got to go see a comedy show. Tom Fooley around Tremont. Um, I'm also a fan of hanging out at Armored Gardens downtown. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Bush, I love him. He's very supportive of me, as I am of him. Also got to give a shout out to Lopez Pizza if that's not going to be a question later. <laughs> Pizza place, Lopez. Yep, there we <laughs> there go. There it is, Lopez. <laughs> All right, final question of the day. What's one thing every visitor to the Quad Cities must do? I would say meet Chris Schlichting before he becomes uber famous and, you know, the next young Big Spider <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, come see a comedy show at Renwick Mansion. It's a beautiful venue. You get a laugh, and Lord knows we need laughter, especially in today's climate. So come to the Renwick Mansion. Come see some comedy. It's alive and well in the Quad Cities. Definitely. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. It was a pleasure. Thank you. I'm Hannah Ginder, and this has been the QC Current. You've been listening to the QC Current, presented by Visit Quad Cities, the official destination management and marketing organization for the Quad Cities region. Learn more about us, our region, neighborhoods, and community partners at visitquadcities.com and connect with us through your favorite social media sites. Tune in next weekend for another episode of the QC Current on WOC News Talk 1420.